0: In today's podcast, we talk about common issues that we're seeing, uh, that we deal with every day. So many times clients come in and whether it's dealing with their teenager or dealing with infidelity in their marriage or dealing with uh, a troubled marriage or maybe even premarital, they sometimes get tunnel vision and think they're the only ones. So as we talk about these issues that we see all the time, hopefully we will normalize it for you and you'll realize you're not alone and you're not crazy. So we are back. Another episode. I'm really excited about today's episode. We are going to talk about some common issues that we deal with with clients. So uh, a couple of disclaimers. First of all, I just know that a lot of our clients listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. And when we start talking about a certain subject, first of all, if it's hitting close to their stuff, they're going to go, oh, my gosh, they're talking about us. Right. (laughs) And just and I tell all my clients, like literally for every client I see, I've seen that issue. A hundred times. Well,
1: and that's why we're talking about right. it today, right? Is because that, it's multiple, multiple It's ubiquitous clients, yeah. and
0: we want people to know you're not the only one. And so just know that if you're hearing, we're not, it's not your issue, right? right. Um, right. it's just it's they're common issues we deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. And I I hope as we shared this, listeners would know, wow, okay, so they're dealing with this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't been a client of ours, you 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 may know or you may hear, you know what? Wow. They're dealing with infidelity as well. Mm -hmm. Like other couples deal with anxiety and depression. Other couples that have been married forever are thinking about calling it quits, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Other people deal with 17 year olds who've gone brain dead and are driving us crazy mm-hmm. and aren't doing anything but playing video games and sleeping in and <laughs> spending our money and won't get a job. Mm. And there's all kinds of issues that I want people to hear that we're dealing with so they know they're not alone, mm. right? Absolutely. And then maybe some practical stuff, just high level. We won't have time to get into the details, obviously, but just some high level stuff that that may be helpful as we talk about it. So who wants to dive in first? What, what are you... Hey, we're not going to start with Ross because yeah, we all I'm looked saying. at Ross we last always, time. We always do. You know what? Let's start with Glenna. So what are okay. some things, oh, that's just yeah. so, like one issue that you're seeing a lot of, or you've seen a lot of in your tenure in the healing place? Oh, yeah.
2: Um, so you hit marriage, right? Definitely marriage. Um, I see a lot of women who come in and usually there's a component about the relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. I heard a statistic the other day. It was like 90% of the people that seek out counseling are seeking out counseling because there's somebody in their life who actually should be in counseling. Yep. Yes. Yes. Right? And so... It's the woman
0: who's unhappy in her marriage. Her husband is emotionally distant or disengaged or spiritually not leading the home, or he's verbally abusive, or he's never there, and she wants a better marriage. He won't come in, so she's coming to see you. How do I deal with this? A,
2: a lot of times, okay. a lot, of, and that's not just like people who see me. That's people across the mm, board, mm-hmm. or maybe they have, they're married to, or have somebody in their family who has a mental health diagnosis. Right, and it's you have to be equipped with some skills and mm-hmm. with some coping um, things so that you can live in that environment. So your emotional environment, at home, is not way up here. Mm-hmm. It can be more. Steady, (laughs) Um, so everybody can have a safe environment to Mm -hmm. live in. So I see. So marriage and relationship, absolutely. And then another thing is, is um, the dynamic between um, launching your children. Right, there's always some tension because children, I don't know, say, are starting around probably age 15 Mm -hmm. through. I don't know, 25, 30, depending on how well they launch, their task, their emotional task is to leave home and to say, I'm different than you, mom, dad. I'm a completely different person. So how do I help one, young people who are wanting to have that independence and say I'm different than you without severing ties. And then on the other side, the parents who are like, I just don't get it. Why are they not wanting to go do this with us? Or why are they Mm -hmm. not want to do this? Or why are they making a decision different than what we would advise them? And so helping those parents learn like, hey, their decision or their no is not rejection of you. This is them growing into who they are supposed to be. And so when you think about it, this dependent parent child relationship is 18 years. Yes. The adult to adult relationship is 20 years. 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so teaching both sides like, hey, how do we nurture this relationship and have some boundaries in such a way so that you have this adult relationship with two separate adults mm-hmm. in this relationship for 20, 30 years? Because this part, the parent-child, is only 18 years. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: And then they grow in. And so helping parents adjust to their child becoming an adult helping the child who's becoming an adult adjust to how do I relate to mom and dad as an adult? Mm -hmm.
0: It's that, you know, Toby talks a lot about how Mm -hmm. life is a series of painful releasings, right? Mm -hmm. And one of those releasings is allowing the autonomy, allowing the independence of the kid who's growing up that wants to be different from you, right? And so many times the parents feel threatened by that, right? And so they double down on not just discipline, but control. And then that Begets rebellion, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You like that word, beget? Exactly. Um, (laughs) Lovely. Control begets rebellion. So, so, um, and then so so many times I have clients bringing their teen in. We have a troubled teen. He's a problem. Can you fix him? And then when you start digging in, you realize. This could be a parenting problem. This right. could be they're, sure. they're not accepting that autonomy, that independence. They're not encouraging that person. Um, they're threatened by them, and, and they're controlling. They're clamping down. They're saying no. And so the kid's rebelling yeah. now, or but that's a fine line.
2: Yes.
0: And be, okay, becoming, and stay yeah, home losing, <laughs> stay home, failure to launch. There's, and, but there's so many dynamics there because sometimes I kid, I mentioned in, you know, kind of Jess, the brain dead kid, they're going to make some stupid mistakes. They're going to make some, you know, I use these you know words that parent, you know, asinine, you know, kind of decisions. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, but so you do want to, uh, you do want them to grow up. You do want them to be responsible. You do want to discipline them, right? But you can't you can't overfunction. You can't um, live their lives for them. You mm-hmm. can't control them. You can't live vicariously through them. I mean, we, we see it all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and many times that is either the kid's going to rebel, and then when he leaves, he doesn't want to come home. Right. It's like, I'm out. Yeah, or they become totally compliant. Mm-hmm. So what and and then you say they stay home. What else happens when you see that? when you see people, uh, the kids, stay like under the wing of the of the mom and dad?
2: They stay there. They yeah. don't become independent. They mm-hmm. don't think for themselves. And I think they are the ones who probably seek out counseling or mental health assistance because they don't have room to grow. They don't have a place to emerge Mm -hmm. as this is who I am because they have to stay underneath the, this is who you are. We're going to make all the decisions for you. Like I will always be your parent. You must obey me versus... I am your parent, but you're going to grow to have your own likes and Mm -hmm. dislikes, you know?
0: Yeah. It's so, and when I say it's nuanced, it's so Mm -hmm. hard when I, when I meet these families and I I love to meet the kid. And a lot of times I'm talking to mom and dad and the kid and we'll have family sessions together. There's all kinds of things. Sometimes I'm we're just meeting with teens, right? Mm -hmm. And they think, "Well, well, God, this guy, he seems more encouraging than mom and dad. Well, we're not the ones having to sit, sit around and see them not pick up their dishes, not lift a finger, not do the chores, in essence, essence, not be responsible at home, Mm -hmm. but they're these great kids. And we hear this a lot. They're great. Everybody says, man, they're a great kid. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think one of the things that I want to talk about is, I mean, for anyone listening, there are those 17 18 year old kids who they aren't doing what their parents ask them to do. Okay. They are being disrespectful. Okay. Um, will come back to if the parent is misbehaving, if you will, or, or over-functioning or being too controlling, right? But the kid is being disrespectful. Maybe they're not working, and they should be working. They should get a job. Maybe they're smoking weed, and they shouldn't be smoking weed every mm-hmm. day. They've, they've, you know, taken the car out when the parents said, don't take the car out. They didn't come home when the parents said, you need to come home. So there's all kinds of issues, and that's not good, right? Um, and the parents... good parents. They love their kid. They know they're a good kid. They just want the best for them. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, you're about to mess up a scholarship. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to graduate. Just get this assignment done. Just turn it in, right? And so they're trying to keep them from making these life-altering decisions or or decisions that have life-altering consequences, right? They want to avoid the biggies, right? So that's what we're seeing. And just know this, there's not an easy answer on this. Because, I mean, here they are, they're living in your home, and they're like, what do we do? And this is a long conversation. It's a hard one, yeah. right? Right. And, and parents are like, well, we've tried everything. We've taken away their car keys. We've taken away their phone, right? <laughs> and we've put them in. We, I've, I know parents who've taken the door off the hinges, mm-hmm. taken everything out of the room. And, like, mm-hmm. and we can't put them out because they're not 18, right? CPS will be called on the parents, right? I mean, it's But a, all these
2: rules make them rebel more or check out. Yeah. right
0: and they think mom and dad are stupid and y'all don't yeah. love me or it becomes because of the financial stuff cuz you're not working well, it's all about money no it's not about money but it feels like it's about money mm-hmm. so if this conversation if you're hearing us talk about this and and you're listening and you you think oh my gosh that's our home trust me you're not alone i mean this is happening in almost every home. And then you're worried then all of the emotional energy that you're the husband and wife are spending, the mom and dad are spending Mm -hmm. on the 17 year old. And they've got a 12 year old and a nine year old watching. And they're (laughs) afraid that they're going to pick up the bad habits or they're just getting the leftovers because all of your emotional energy is going to the squeaky wheel. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. This is not easy. Oh, this no, is stuff not, that not we're dealing all. with literally yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what I love is when people come to me with this stuff, I can share the story in our in our home. What happened mm-hmm. with one of our kids, right? And it's great to talk about that. Yes. They're like, "Oh my gosh, y'all too?" It's like, yeah. "Yes." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you join the club, mm-hmm. right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Just to know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. So, Yes, sir. Absolutely. What, I
2: what. Yeah, go say, ahead. I like getting the whole family in. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like mm-hmm. you touched on that, but to have the dynamics and have the communication go flowing back and forth and teaching mom and dad and young adult how to have this conversation and what are they talking about? Um, instead of all the rules, let's talk about responsibility and how you can have that freedom within that responsibility. Um, yeah. What does that look like? And really teach them how to open up those lines yes. of communication so they have real real discussions, not the ones that are up here that keep going back and forth. Mm
0: -hmm. And, and some kids may, may fear, Oh, you're the old person. You're going to side with my mom and dad. Like we're going to be the advocate for the adult. I like to be an advocate for the kid too. I want to be an advocate for the truth. Let's, Mm, let's hear what we're hearing and let's call it out. Let's call Mm -hmm. mom and dad out on control. Let's call kid out on disrespect. But, you said it. You can mediate a conversation if nothing else, just referees. Like no, 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 one at a time, yeah. right? Yeah. Not talking over, not shutting down, not yeah. monopolizing. There's yeah. so many things that can happen. You can help them stay in the same room. And say, hey, yeah. that's not that's not what he said. Let's let's listen listen again. Help mom and dad hear what the kid is trying to voice. Yes, and let kid hear what mom and dad are trying to voice. Uh, point out anything that seems unreasonable or that doesn't yeah. sound unreasonable. Right? Yeah. It's just so helpful to to be to have that mediator in the room. Yeah. I've seen amazing things happen with just some productive communication around Absolutely. all those issues.
3: And once you ad- once you deal with it or start dealing with it, one thing I try to apply a lot is dealing with the dynamics of that relationship because it's something dynamic that's really going on because the the seventeen the year old is talking to somebody outside of the parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're either talking to their friends or they're right. talking to someone that will listen to them. And right. so I encourage parents, swallow hard and <laughs> listen to them.
1: That's good. Let yeah.
3: them talk, that's good. let them speak their heart because watch this, regardless of what happens at some point, if we don't deal with it at 17, when they're 27 and they're struggling with the drug addiction, or they're struggling with the alcoholism, or they're struggling with whatever, you're there going, I just want my child helped. Well, you could have done it at 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, at some point, you're going to have to have that hard conversation. Mm-hmm. The sooner you have it, the better off. And yeah. so uh, the dynamics of it is like, you know, uh, what's going on in the home? What's happening with you and mama? Mm-hmm. What's happening with, you know, they the kids feel all of that. And so... I'll, I'll never forget you. You, you talk about uh, what happened, you know, with your sons uh-huh, and uh-huh. with your children, sure. and that's the way I love to talk and love to help. Is from the perspective of what happened. I'm not perfect. None of us are. Mm-hmm. No. And the sooner your kids see that, the better off it. The uh, it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. It really is. And so I'll never forget my 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 son uh, Jordan, the middle one. Um, one day, uh, we just, we got into a conversation and it was something that as a father, I did was, was right. Like I was within my right to do this. And he was like, but no, dad, that was, you invaded my privacy. And I looked and, and I had that look in my face, like, boy, I pay the bills here. Yep. <laughs> you you're sure. And he looked, he said, dad, I get it. I get it. I know. It. I see the look on your face, but we can even have a discussion or we don't have to talk. But. Trust me, it's just going to be lingering. Yeah. And I said, oh, <laughs> oh I bit my bottom, mm. my bottom lip. I know I bit a hole in it that day. But in that moment, I thought, wow, if I don't hear him, I will have this conversation later. Yeah. And do I want to have it later? Because yeah. will I, here's the kicker that I realized with myself, is will I have the dynamic of being dead right now, Later. Yeah. Or will it be as man to man? And I don't care. We we talk about it, but I got over it. Matter of fact, Dad, I came to see Ross, Brian, or Glenna, and they helped me get through it. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. have those dynamics, and don't be afraid of it. Because guess what? At the end of the day, that's your child. Right. <laughs> love yeah. them. Show them that love because that's a part of the love. Yeah. So when I get into that, and the parents see it, it's like, okay, wow, and it all of a sudden. Especially if I'm there with them, you can see the child kind of sitting up, like, "Oh, I have an advocate. I have someone speaking mm-hmm. for me." Mm-hmm. And now, once the conversation gets started, yeah. it's like she said: once the, med- the the mediation has began, yeah, it's a lot easier for things to be seen. You
0: know? I, I, yes, yes, it's so interesting how I mean. Again, we love our kids, yes, sir, right? We 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 mean well, yes. but if you if you're not careful, the f- <laughs> the first time they start. To try to show I'm not you. Yeah. I know we do this in our home, but I don't really like to do that. Yeah. Like what mom and dad did, but maybe I'm different, right? And so when that feels threatening, so I'm like, what, you're not carrying on the family tradition? Or you don't you don't like, you know, my guacamole that I make? What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. This is the best so, yeah. yeah.
2: Sounds so, like a real scenario.
0: Actually my kids <laughs> <love> <laughs> my guacamole. No, my kids love my rock Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No. So 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 but but from the little things to all the things, if you're not careful, when you start to say, Hey, and you try to guide them and direct them away from the things that they're trying to dip their you know toe in the water about, if you if you then they're feeling you're rejecting me all along the way, you're rejecting the music I like. You're rejecting my friends. You're rejecting the choices I make. You're rejecting, you you don't trust me. You're yes. questioning my judgment. Yeah. After a while, like, do you think I'm, I'm enough? Do you think I'm good enough? Do you think I'm smart at all? Yeah. Do you think I've got any kind of brains? So if you've yeah. said, so I always say, let your default answer be yes. So many pa- parents just say no. No, 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 no. no, Because they're afraid their kid's gonna make a mistake, right? And when you clamp down and you're saying no all the time, you talk about frustrating, you know, exasperating the kid. And you got to say yes, a lot. It's some people, no, well, I don't know why, I just know it's no, right? I'll think up a reason. If they don't give you a good reason, if they haven't broken your trust, say yes, a lot. Mm. Then when you come to the no's, they have more weight. I may have talked about this before, but that's that's something. It's encouraging. Do I love Carson's choice of like the music that he's into?
3: Right.
0: Heck no. Right. But do I encourage Carson in yes. his music? Absolutely. He's a he's a very gifted yes. producer. Mm-hmm. Yes, Last night, his song, his the record that he produced on, mm-hmm. it won Billboard uh, Album of the Year. Ooh. It's like it's like it's he's nice. very yeah. accomplished. You know what? So because I've encouraged him and his music, he knows dad loves him, right? So who's he going to come talk to? When he does have stuff going on in his life when he's, when he's you know, yes. not 19, when he's 29. Yes. Because dad encouraged me. He loves me. He yes. doesn't share my taste in music. Right. But he couldn't care less because he loves me. Right. 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 If I would have rejected his music and acted yeah. like he's stupid for liking that or being a part of that. Absolutely. Or try to change him, he said, screw you, dad. I'm never yeah. going to come talk to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And but so Brian, that's so important.
3: Real, can, can I say something real quick to <clears throat> that? Yes. In, in, in another episode, you were, you were, matter of fact, when you were checking in about us, you were telling us that you're still learning songs. Mm. So what if he happens to call mom one day, hey, what dad is doing? And she just goes, listen, wow, dad is still loving music. Look at the impact that has Mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's in, he chose his genre of music, no. He still has a love because he saw what Dad was yeah, doing. that yeah. speaks volumes there, man. That you're still learning songs, you're still being passionate yeah. about that. And if you're if you're if you love music and you're a musician like that, you know that normally you grow as you mature. Yes. So his so, love amen. may change. So if you was down on what the genre now it would probably kill a passion that could grow into something even bigger later. But he's going to evolve with that because why he's still seeing dad and you never beat him down for it. So I I just wanted to speak to that real quick. That's good. I think that's amazing that he can still see that you're not saying come here, boy, let me show you really so, what music is all really exactly. about. Exactly. Come mm-hmm. over here and sit by me and learn. Mm-hmm. No, you're letting him love what he loves, why you love what you love. And guess what? The the love of music and the beauty of music is flowing, mm-hmm. you know, in that yeah. in that home that's and in great. that relationship. You're right. And guess yeah. who he
0: wants to share his new yes. song with and yeah. his new beats with? And After he the... he's Dropboxing me and coming yes. in and show here, listen to this dad. Wow, and that's and awesome, he, it is there. So encourage yeah. your kid along yep. the way in everything that they're doing, because yeah. they are gonna be six. 16, 17 one day, yes, sir. they are going to get to that age where they're they're like, and you think they they don't want to be around you every waking minute. And you can take that personal, you know, and you yeah. can make them feel guilty or you can encourage them. I want you to be with your girlfriend, your boyfriend. Yes. I want you to. Yeah. You know what? You're not going to want to be with the family. You're going to want to be with them a lot, right? Right. right. They're going to want to hang with friends. Well, I never see you. They're just taking advantage of me. All I see is their <laughs> back of their head when they're leaving out. They just right. eat here and I'm doing their laundry. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Do that. Yes. I'm telling you, love them, support them, encourage them. And then they will, when they do grow up, <laughs> yeah. and and they start doing stuff on their own, they'll realize, wow, mom and dad really loved and supported me. And yes, so, sure. yeah. So, we, we see that a lot, and it's gonna happen, so I just say, plug, stay plugged in. Yeah. Ross, what are some stuff you, that you're dealing with? You've been here now, how, how long have you been full-time? Uh, with like, almost three years, Okay, crazy. crazy. So, so you about, start to see patterns and themes, mm-hmm, right, with mm-hmm. people.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of want to go down the kid route, but we've been there a lot. But I'll, I'll I'll, I'll, no, no, no. Go, go. Okay. Well, go throw I, I mean, it in. But I just think that that's good. that we, you know, we continue to see more and more younger and younger kids who are struggling with mental health, whether it's yeah. anxiety, depression, social anxiety, yeah. suicidal ideation, um, all, all, all of these things, and uh, and parents who are, you know, who are scared, who are afraid, and. Of course they are, right? Because their kid is coming to them with something that they don't know how to how to handle, um, and uh, yeah, it's and it's it's hard as as someone who's trying to be there for a kid as well to watch them suffer, um, but but validating that. And I think, you know, it's it's interesting because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who his wife, she is a pediatric ICU nurse, mm-hmm. and she said that she's seeing the same thing in her. And on her floor at her hospital, the younger and younger kids, coming with, with really heavy issues, whether it's suicide, whether it's depression or anxiety, and uh, and I mean, you know, he he was telling me too. This this friend of mine, he was telling me that um, he he teaches a college class, he and and he he has been around college students for a while, and he said he's even seeing a shift, you know, five ten years um ago from now you know in relation to now of the way that that college kids are able to process things too and just this like really this idea of resilience too how that is is a is something that's that's hard in the ki- in kids today yeah. to to begin to build that self-regulation and that resilience and and all of those things um and so, yeah, I, I think we're seeing – I'm seeing a lot of that. I know you guys are too, sure. talking through through that with kids. And so I think for those who are listening, if you have a young kid who you feel like is walking through something heavy, man, you're not messing them up. It's not your fault. It's like there, there's something on this generation for sure, this next generation that I think is unique, whether it's um, – Visibility, because now mental health is so a part of our culture, which has an incredibly positive result, but also has the negative result of kids being aware of of you know how to commit suicide. You know, mm-hmm, you can go mm-hmm. search that on YouTube. Um, but there's also resources for kids who are walking through that as well. Right. So uh, yeah, that's something that I'm I'm seeing over and over, more and more with kids uh, and unfortunately for us you know we we've we have training that's helped us walk through that with kids and we're learning how to to better be what they need in those moments too
0: yeah yeah yeah, I was listening to a podcast with Jordan Peterson and Abigail Schreier talking about, um, and she wrote this book about the transgender uh, craze yeah. that's, in, and I can't remember the title, mm-hmm. but it's this epidemic that's sweeping the, the young girls, mm-hmm. right? And so she, what she's talking about, and she has, you just go read the book, don't shoot the messenger, right? She, just the wealth of research and data that shows that it's like these other things that are contagious. People, you know, kids who learn about cutting on the internet and their friends, they cut. Mm-hmm. It's like they wouldn't have done it had they not learned about it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, eating disorders, body body image uh, stuff, mm-hmm. anorexia, bulimia, and transgender, right? That, whether it's uh, dysphoria or or just um, some other type of identity issue, mm-hmm. right? Um, they, it's contagious, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that adds that social media and the internet aspect of that. It's just, it's blowing up and mm-hmm. it's becoming epidemic. So it's it's like, in other words, who truly has this this issue and who just learned it, mm-hmm. right? In either mm-hmm. way, they've got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're, either way, you're dealing with it, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. And you have to be compassionate yes, and yeah. deal with it in yes. a compassionate yeah. way. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think bringing like what you said about ways to be there for your kids kind of, into this conver- this part of the conversation, I was, we were at a conference and I listened to a presenter, his name's Mark Yarhouse, Dr. Mark Yarhouse, and he's, he uh, studies sexuality and focuses on transgenderism as well. And, uh, and, and he, he, like, if you applied what you said about being there for your kid, to this issue Mm -hmm. it would match exactly like it's it's all about support and acknowledgement Mm -hmm. and affirmation even if you desire a different result at the end and your kid knows that but telling them hey not not denying what they're feeling not denying what they're facing but being there for them and then walking through the process with them while obviously showing them you know boundaries and guidelines but like acknowledging, you know, I, he, he had some crazy statistic that um, the amount of, of, of kids who become transgender or who, who actually transitioned to a different gender because their parents denied what they were going through versus kids who walked through that and struggled with that and then walked on the other side of it because their parents acknowledged what they were going through mm-hmm. is staggering. So I think uh, that if we, if you have a, if you hear a theme from what we're talking about today, it's like entering your kid's world as best as you can, acknowledging and accepting and affirming what they're going through, even if you don't understand it. And probably in spite of the fact that you don't understand it yeah. is, uh, is essential to, yeah. to, for their yeah. well-being.
0: And most of us have made up our mind based on things that we heard maybe even decades ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, many of us in let's say in our 50s, we, we may have heard it five decades ago, right? And that's what we still think. And so then confirmation bias mm-hmm. comes to play when we start looking for information. Be open, mm-hmm. learn, mm-hmm. G- get the books, read mm-hmm. the podcast, be open to learning, mm-hmm. right? And, and being surprised, having your your everything, your opinions on these things, having' it disrupted, have it upended. be a be a student yeah. and a learner. Well, and I
2: think something that's key for parents to know is like you can understand what your child's going through, but you don't have to agree with it. And sometimes I think as parents, we think our understanding is agreeing. It's condoning. So, condoning is a good word. And like understanding and listening and being available and validating is not necessarily agreeing with. You're just trying to understand who they are and what they're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And so teaching that to parents is so important. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, even to couples, like, oh, I can understand without agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. So important.
0: So we're coming to the end of this time today, and man, I'm glad we we, we did this. Um, I think I'm going to have a part three. So this is going to be one, part one and two. I think part three, we're going to talk about... Um, you talked about marriage and couples, right? And, and we just generically high level even hit that there's so many things that would be 85% of my clientele mm-hmm. has been couples and usually problems in marriage mm-hmm. the other 15% is premarital couples and that may be even growing as a percentage mm-hmm. i you talked in another episode you asked me the question about why do i still have the or how do i still have the passion mm-hmm. right i absolutely love talking to young couples mm-hmm. i've been married 32 years I want to share with them the things that I've learned from doing things wrong, right? And all of the couples that I've seen that have been eye-opening experience and learning from them, uh, my own 32 years, right? Reading the books, listening to the podcasts. I just want to help them Mm -hmm. get on the right foot. And I'm just passionate about meeting with young couples. So the premarital counseling, I absolutely love, but... There's another segment of the marriage population that have been through infidelity, Mm. a huge uh, amount that that one or the other have have reached outside the marriage and have had an affair. Mm -hmm. And working that couple through rebuilding trust after infidelity, when some make it, some don't. Right. Yeah. One of the most rewarding things about my job. And my ministry in my life in the last, I would say, two decades has been helping walk couples through restoring trust Yes. and intimacy in their marriage post-infidelity. Yes. Yeah. And yes. I want to talk about that, because there's Huge. a lot Absolutely. of things oh, that go on that. In, in that. Um, and I know, again, yeah. you guys have dealt with it as well. Oh, so yeah. we'll come back on another episode and talk about that. Thank you guys for sharing a little bit about awesome. what you're seeing out there. Yes, sir. Uh, for all our listeners, yes, yeah, especially ones with, with kids. If you're struggling with kids at any age, you know the young, the, the the teens, and then the young adults, Come come talk to us. We'd love to share with you share our ignorance with you (laughs) (laughs) all right good being with y'all it's good so i hope you've enjoyed our conversations remember to like share follow subscribe and all that good stuff and if you ever want to talk to someone in the healing place we're here for you please pick up the phone and call email or find us on crosstimberschurch.org the healing place or find us on our facebook page the healing place group